Episode 9 of Season 1 of New York Undercover is entitled Friendly Neighborhood Dealer and premiered on Thursday, November 10th, 1994. The episode description reads, Detectives Williams and Torres investigate a number of street drug-related overdoses, all in the same neighborhood. This episode is directed by Reynaldo Villalobos and written by Reggie Rock, Bythewood. This is the second episode of the season written by Bythewood after the Tasha episode, guest starring Regina King from a few weeks ago. Villalobos would also direct another episode in season one called that episode would introduce Ice-T's Danny Court character. Villalobos has had an extensive career, including serving as the cinematographer on the 2000 film Love and Basketball, which was directed by Bythewood's wife, Gina Prince Bythewood. Key guest stars in this episode include Flex Alexander, Steve Harris, Nestor Serrano, Henry Simmons, and J.O. Sanders. And last but certainly not least, musical guest, Boys to Men. The cold open of our episode is set to the sounds of Grand Nubian's Word is Bond as we see images of the New York City subway system and two male teenagers approach Serrano's token booth clerk character, Tito. They slide him money and he passes them a dime bag of drugs. The two teenagers, one Latino, one African American, separate and the Latino heads home where he finds his parents arguing. He heads to his room where he takes the drugs and overdoses his head slamming to the floor as we fade to black. Hi everyone, I'm Chris Rose and welcome to New York Undercover Rewind, the podcast that discusses all things related to the TV series New York Undercover. And thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. And check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYUndercoverTV. And... Thank you. I'm going to give a special shout out to our listeners who are listening not only in the United States, but in Canada and all across the world, including Indonesia, Australia, Greece, Belgium, Turkey, Yemen, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom. Thank you so much for listening. Act one of this episode opens back at the precinct with Detective Williams and Torres playing paper basketball 1v1 as they discuss Williams' son G's attempt to make his school basketball team. They are interrupted by Lieutenant Cooper, who wants them in their office now. She tells him the name of the kid who overdosed is 17-year-old Manny Perez. She adds that six other kids in the past three weeks have also overdosed, and she wants them to find out who's dealing these drugs before the list grows to eight. The detectives visit with Manny Perez's parents, who tell them they didn't even know their son was doing drugs. They tell Williams and Torres that Manny was hanging out with a high school classmate. Jimmy Hampton in recent months. At the high school, they learned from the high school principal, Mr. Garcia, that a random search revealed drugs in the locker of Doris Wilson, the girlfriend of Jimmy Hampton. The same type of drugs that killed Manny. Doris says the drugs were not hers and she has no idea how they got in her lock. Now, the next scene finds JC at G's basketball trials, but G's getting beat at basketball by a girl. JC pulls him to the side and tells him he needs to play more like Charles Oakley. And G says, you want me to punch her? No, no, JC says, just be more aggressive. So G goes back out on the court and, you know, he gets beat easily and falls to the floor. JC just laughs sheepishly. Back at the token booth, 
Tito is approached by Bulldog, his drug supplier played by Steve Harris from the practice. Tito says he doesn't want to deal drugs anymore and he feels bad that one of the kids died. Bulldog's not trying to hear it though and says the kids couldn't hang and threatens to kill Tito. He also tells them he needs to get his drug average back up. Meanwhile, Jimmy meets up with Doris and we learn that Jimmy hid the drugs in her locker. She tells him he needs to get help and he promises to talk to the cops after his basketball game for the West Side Youth Center. At the basketball game, which was filmed at the famed West 4th Street Basketball Courts, by the way, also known as the Cage, Jimmy and his teammates are talked to by their coach at halftime. When no one is looking, Jimmy takes a hit of the drugs and goes back onto the court. However, as he is running back down the court, he begins to stumble and his eyes roll to the back of his head. Jimmy collapses onto the court as his coach and father rush to his side. Fade to black. Act 2 opens with Jimmy dead. And his body is wheeled off the court, on a stretcher, and into a waiting ambulance. The detectives talk to Coach Cannon Howard, played by stage and screen veteran J.O. Sanders. And here's a quick fact. Sanders, who has a lot of stage credits to his his name, just appeared in Broadway in the play Pearly Victorious, which I highly recommend. Play stars Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. Um, and the whole cast is really good in it, including Sanders. If you didn't get a chance to see it here on Broadway, you can actually check it out as part of PBS's great performances. Uh, that'll air later in May of this year. Now, back to the case. The detectives discuss the situation with Coach Howard a former professional basketball player who says he was unaware that Jimmy was using drugs. Now, they ask to search his locker and Torres finds drugs inside. They ask for a list of all the players on the team so they can bet them. However, JC takes it a little too far. He starts to get all fangirlish, telling Howard he was a big fan of his, and he even asks Howard basketball tips for G. All of this to Eddie's chagrin big no-no, especially when they're on the case. Now later, Jimmy's parents tell the detectives that Jimmy was hanging out with an ex-con named Lewis Scott, now known as Mecca. Mecca is played by Flex, Flex Alexander, the future star of the UPN series One-on-One, but at that time better known as a choreographer and dancer, Salt Pepper. Mecca tells them he has turned over a new leaf since he got out of prison and has encourage Jimmy to stay in the straight path as well. The next scene finds the detectives in their favorite spot to talk things over. The rooftop. As they discuss the case, we also learn an interesting piece of information. They've both been on the force for five years. Doris Wilson, Jimmy's girlfriend, arrives at the precinct and admits to the detectives and Cooper that the drugs in her locker were Jimmy's that he started using five or six weeks ago and that he bought it from a token booth clerk at 110th Street and Lexington Avenue. Back at the basketball courts, G is at Coach Howard's basketball clinic and is still playing miserably until he's given encouraging words of advice from Coach Howard, and then G successfully makes his free throw. At the subway station, Torres and Williams are undercover. Torres is dressed in casual wear, baseball cap backwards and dancing to music on his Walkman while Williams pretends to be buying drugs from Serrano's token clerk who sells Williams a dime bag at which point the detectives reveal themselves to be cops. Tito is busted 
fade to black. Before we continue with the recap, it's time for a trivia question. Actor Malik Yoba, who plays Detective Williams, recently guest starred on the season premiere of this CBS series, now beginning its final season. The answer at the end of this episode. Act 3 opens back at the station house with Tito and his lawyer. Tito tells Torres, Williams, and Cooper that he wanted to stop selling drugs, but that the guy he works for won't let him stop. That would be Bulldog. And they all agree that the DA might give Tito a reduced sentence if he agrees to wear a wire to catch Bulldog. At Natalie's hit R&B group, Boyz II Men is singing on bended knee while Slick Rick, our favorite con artist whom we haven't seen in a few episodes, is pretending to woo a woman by claiming to be the group's roadie. Before he can get any further, he is interrupted by Torres. Remember, Slick Rick is Torres' CI, confidential informant. Torres asks him about Bulldog, and Slick Rick says that the guy is just a middleman and is not the one running the whole operation. The sting is on. Back at the subway station, Old School, played by Jim Moody, poses as a hand handler near the token booth as Bulldog approaches Tito. Tito admits he got caught by the cops, but admits he didn't snitch and still wants to make a deal. This raises Bulldog's red flag and he gets suspicious and exits the station above ground. He looks around and begins to run with Torres and Williams in hot pursuit. De Lorenzo, or should I say his stuntman, Yal didn't even try to hide the stuntman's face. Anyway, De Lorenzo is hit by a car, or Torres is hit by a car, or his stuntman is hit by a car, but is uninjured, leaving Yoba, and likely his stuntman, to give chase. However, Bulldog steals a motorcycle and gets away. Also, a quick note for you sharp-eyed viewers who are familiar with New York City. While this scene is supposed to be taking place uptown in the vicinity of 110th and Lexington, it is clearly all the way downtown in the West Village near the West 4th Street basketball courts. We know this because the Twin Towers are in the background as Williams and Torres watch Bulldog get away. Not uncommon. Usually TV shows like to film in the areas where they're set up, where they have all their camera equipment, where all the production trucks are. Uh, So it makes sense. Uh, Now, bad news for Bulldog, or I guess the good news for the cops, is that they did find out what his real name is, Arthur Logan. Unfortunately for him, he is found murdered along Manhattan's High Line. Now, this would be the first time we see the High Line featured on the series, but certainly not the last. Um, And here's a quick note. When the episode was filmed in 94, the High Line was, you know, merely an old abandoned freight line. Today in 2024, it's a elevated tourist attraction in public space. It's got a lot of expensive real estate and businesses and restaurants circling the area. This area is actually really close to where the show filmed many of the police precinct exteriors, all on the west side of Manhattan, um, near the High Line area, before the High Line was the High Line. Now, back to the episode. The detectives find a West Side Youth Center card in Logan's pocket, indicating that he has some type of connection to the basketball uh, program. So they go back to talk to Coach Howard at West 4th Street, but they don't get anywhere with him. He still... Uh, pretends he doesn't know anything. Meanwhile, Jimmy Hampton's dad is tired of waiting for the police, gun in hand and set to the sounds of 
OC's time's up, he heads to the basketball court and approaches Mecca and Howard. Howard pushes Mecca out of the way and takes out his own gun and shoots Jimmy's dad. Dead. Fade to black. The last and final act is in the precinct. Coach Howard and his lawyer claim self-defense and says he has a permit to keep a gun at the youth center. The detectives think Howard dealt drugs, but Cooper says they have no proof. Back at Sandy's place, G and JC are having dinner, and JC tells G that Sandy is working late. Now, this is a bit of a, a faux pas as well, because, and maybe this episode aired out of order, but not really sure why JC and G are eating at Sandy's place when she and JC broke up in the last episode. Y- y'all remember that episode when JC was trying to get the booty from Chantal and G walked in on them. Remember that? Yeah. Early in that episode, JC and Sandy broke up. So not really sure why they're hanging out at Sandy's place. So maybe a typo in script or the episode aired out of order. Anyway, JC tells G that he needs to stay away from Coach Howard due to due to cop stuff he has going on. And despite G's pleas of Howard being his friend, JC is adamant that G listened to him. The detectives interview a former basketball player who tells them Howard ruined a lot of careers. He also tells them that former center fielder Roy Holland also used to buy drugs from Howard. He was played by six-time MLB All-Star Bobby Bonilla, you know, who Mets fans love, Bobby Bo, I see that in jest. The detectives get him to agree to wear a wire when he buys drugs from Howard. Holland tells Howard payback's a bitch, revealing the wire he is wearing. Howard then pulls a gun and knocks Holland over and briefly holds the kid hostage before running away. JC gives chase and follows Howard into a vacant lot where they tussle and wrestle until JC punches him and arrests him. The final scene features JC and G at the basketball court and JC revealing that he has to put Howard in jail for selling drugs. G is shocked and says Howard even gave G his rookie card. Before they go and play hoops, G looks at the basketball card and throws it in the trash can. Episode over. Fade to black. I give this episode an A-. Key locations highlighted in this episode include the famed West 4th Street basketball courts, which I talked about, also known as the cage. Uh, This court is pretty famous because a lot of basketball legends have played on the courts and a lot of TV shows and films and commercials have been filmed there. You know, and I also love seeing the West Village area back in the 90s. Spent a lot of time in the area back in the day, so it brings back a lot of memories. You know, the comedy clubs that are in the area, the Grove Village restaurant in the area, the Blue Note Jazz Club, NYU, and even the McDonald's across the street. Lots of great memories in that area. Uh, the other notable location was the High Line. Uh, and so interesting to see what it looked like back then when it was pretty much abandoned to what it looks like now is truly remarkable and all the work that has been done to restore that. Uh, we already discussed the not-so-great editing with the stuntmen in this episode. When you can see the stuntman's face in the show, that's not so great. Uh And we already discussed certain scenes supposedly set uptown, but were actually filmed downtown. So I won't go into that again. Back to the trivia question. Actor Malik Yoba, who stars as Detective Williams, recently guest starred on the season premiere of this CBS series, now beginning its final season. 
The answer, Blue Bloods. The series just launched its 14th and final season, and Yoba returned to guest star as the former partner of Donnie Wahlberg's Danny Reagan character. Folks, that's our time for the show. I'm Chris Rose. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review us. And check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYUndercoverTV. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.